Good afternoon and welcome back to another episode of the Addiction Audio Podcast. So today we have a very special um, episode where we're actually being joined by two French experts in the field of addiction. So this podcast will be um, recorded in two parts. And the first part today is with Dr. Marie Geoffrey-Rustide, who's a sociologist at INSERM in France. Welcome. Good morning. Today, Marie is going to be speaking to us about um, drug consumption rooms and a very interesting study that they have done uh, as part of the COSINUS cohort study. Um, so, Marie, firstly, just to start, what are drug consumption rooms and what is the evidence around their effectiveness? So drug consumption rooms are spaces where people can inject um, safely um, in hygienic spaces. And it is a way for them to avoid to inject in public spaces. So unfortunately, we have a lot of people who inject drugs who live in very precarious condition. And that's why some of them are forced uh, to inject in public spaces. That's quite never a choice. And uh, um, but more broadly, drug, drug consumption rooms are also a part of uh, a comprehensive policy called harm reduction. And this policy has been uh, implemented worldwide since uh, the 90s uh, in the context of the AIDS epidemic. And uh, since 1996, um, drug consumption rooms have been implemented in several countries, especially in Canada, Australia, but also in Europe, in several countries in Europe and uh, more recently in the United States. And today, uh, we estimated that more than 100 drug consumption rooms are operated, uh, operating uh, worldwide. The first drug consumption room has been implemented in Switzerland, in, in Bern. And uh, in France, we, we were very late because uh, the first drug consumption room was implemented uh, only in, in 2016. And how many so, drug consumption rooms are there in France today? So in France, uh, we have only two drug consumption rooms uh, for a country of uh, 67 million of inhabitants. So that's that's very few. Uh, one is located in Paris and another one in lo is located in Strasbourg. And as a comparison, Paris has one only one drug consumption room for a city of two millions of inhabitants. Um, and Copenhagen, uh, in Denmark, they have three drug consumption rooms for a city of 600,000 million of inhabitants. And more broadly in Europe, uh, our neighbors like Germany, Switzerland or the Netherlands have their own drug consumption room, even in very small cities. And what, what do we know about the effectiveness of drug consumption rooms? Is there research that shows that, that they work? Oh, yes, we have a large, very large body of evidence uh, about drug consumption rooms. The first studies were published uh, in Switzerland, but uh, the Swiss, um, uh, there is a lot of great literature, um, and especially at the beginning. But um, since 20 years now, we have more and more uh, literature that has been uh, published in academic uh, journals. And the international uh, scientific literature have proven that uh, drug consumption rooms are an effective mode of 
action for both purposes, for public health purposes and for public safety. Because the aim of drug consumption room is uh, uh, are to avoid, um, to, to help people who inject drugs to be protected from infectious disease or for overdoses, but also uh, to limit all what we call public nuisance uh, for residents. And uh, various studies have confirmed that drug consumption rooms uh, decrease the rates of overdoses. Uh, some others showed the curb, um, a curb in equipment sharing practices. Uh, and we have also some other very interesting uh, surveys that showed that drug consumption rooms improve access to care for people who use drugs, especially the access to opioid substitutive treatment. And we have also other studies that have uh, suggested that uh, drug consumption rooms are improving public peace in local neighborhoods by reducing the number of syringe, discarded syringes uh, in the streets. And uh, also other studies showed that um, drug consumption rooms reduce uh, the number of events uh, of uh, injecting uh, practices in, in public spaces. And finally, we have also um, modeling studies that showed that drug consumption rooms are cost-effective. But um, the most part of the literature is from Canada. Uh, a lot of surveys uh, have been done uh, in Vancouver. Um, by the BCCSU team. And we have um, less studies done uh, in Europe, more and more since, since years, but um, the most important body of evidence comes from North America. Okay, so we have a lot of evidence uh, that DCRs are effective, yet we only have two DCRs in France. Could you maybe speak a bit about the political context? Are these interventions supported in France? Alors, to do that, I, I, I need to go back to some historical uh, context too. So um, in France, you, you have to know that uh, we were very late uh, in implementing uh, harm reduction. So very late compared to Germany, Switzerland, or, or the Netherlands, our, our neighbors. And also very late compared to UK, when UK, UK was in Europe. Um, so... Uh, in, in France, it was very difficult to implement drug consumption room because uh, politicians in France uh, didn't envision uh, drug use as a public issue. They only envisioned drug use as a moral vice. And uh, that's why it, it was very difficult to, um, to, to implement uh, harm reduction uh, in France. Uh, we... The first um, harm reduction measures that has been implemented in France uh, was the access to syringe, uh, to uh, steroid syringe access, and it was uh, only in 1987. And uh, in comparison, in the Netherlands, they began to distribute uh, uh, steroid syringes uh, in the 70s. So we were very late for that. That was the same for opioid substitutive treatment because it was only... Uh, implement in France uh, in the mid 90s, so very late compared to uh, other countries. And um, one of the reasons uh, of these difficulties of uh, implementing harm reduction in France 
is the fact that we have a very repressive law, uh, in fact, toward drug use. And um, as we have this very re repressive law, uh, France still features uh, repressive drug legislation and members of parliament in France regularly contest harm reduction because they perceive it as a form of promotion of drug use. And that's why of the main problem for disseminating harm reduction. And that's also uh, one of the main barriers for uh, implementing uh, drug consumption. In such conservative context like uh, France, DCRs lie uh, at the radical hand of harm reduction policies. And DCRs have acquired a strong symbolic value in that they dedicate space to drug use uh, in countries uh, that continue to repress drug use. And that's why it's like a paradox for some politicians and also for some people in the, in, in the general population. But if we look uh, at pools, uh, that's very interesting because uh, harm reduction is strongly supported by the general population in France. And uh, the, the French um, focal point of EMCDDA, the European Monitoring uh, Center on Drugs and Drug Addiction, uh, made a, a, a pool, a, a survey um, on uh, the social acceptance of drug consumption rooms, of, of drug use in general. And they ask a question on social acceptance of drug consumption room. And the last edition of this survey showed that uh, around 80% uh, of French people were in favor of uh, drug consumption rooms. So now we have uh, a very important gap between what media say about social acceptance of drug consumption rooms in France and what we uh, find uh, in scientific uh, studies. So that's an interesting paradox that I, I try to work on. At the beginning of uh, the podcast, I forgot to mention the, the full title of the study that's been accepted in the addiction journal. So I'll just I'll just mention it now. So drug consumption rooms, an effective disposal to reduce at risk practices associated to HIV, HCV infections amongst people who use drugs revolt results from the Cosinus cohort study. So this study was looking at HIV and HCV infections. Um, is this a big issue in France and how prevalent is HIV and HCV amongst the population who is currently accessing drug consumption rooms in France? Yeah, HIV and HCV are still uh, a big public uh, health issue in France. Uh, but HIV um, has largely decreased uh, in France uh, since the 90s, thanks to um, our harm reduction policy, even if we were late. One advantage that we have in France compared to other countries is that harm reduction is public funded because we have a very strong welfare state compared to other country and countries uh, in Europe and worldwide. And as harm reduction is public funded, it is largely available for people who inject drugs. So the last biological estimates that um, we have about uh, HIV and HCV are quite old. Uh, they came from the Coquelicot survey, a Coquelicot that I do with my team. Uh, there were around 10% for HIV, uh, for people who inject drugs, and around 70% for HCV. Uh, 
we make the hypothesis that now the prevalence is lower, probably divided by two, but it's it, it, it's still high, especially for HCV. But uh, if we look uh, at people uh, who attend drug consumption rooms, uh, it is a specific population. And this population is much more exposed uh, to HIV and to HCV than other people uh, who use drugs. Uh, the first reason is that um, is because people uh, who attend drug consumption rooms are people uh, mostly who live in very precarious uh, social condition. And they are reduced uh, for a lot of them to inject in public spaces because they have no stable housing. And the scientific literature shows that living in this condition is a risk factor for syringe and injecting equipment sharing. So these people are more exposed to HIV and HCV. And there is also another reason. Um, the, the, the people who attend drug consumption rooms um, in France and especially in Paris, a large part of, of them, around a quarter, came from Eastern Europe. And we know that people who inject drugs uh, who came from, from Eastern Europe have higher rates of HIV and HCV um, estimates um, because uh, in these countries, the access to harm reduction is much more difficult compared to France. And uh, more broadly, uh, the access to treatment, to opioid uh, uh, agonist treatment or to HCV or HIV, HIV treatment are, are, are more difficult. So I think that's really interesting background for us to now be able to speak a bit about your study and the aims. So could you tell us a bit about a bit about the study and how did you and your team uh, design the research? I, I can tell you the, the global history of the study. So uh, in, in, in France, um, there, as I just said before, um, drug consumption rooms uh, was uh, very were very difficult to implement. Uh, there was um, a very, very tense debate uh, among politicians uh, about uh, the implementation of these harm reduction measures. And in 2010, uh, yeah, in 2010, the French government, the French government, uh, asked INSERM, my institution, uh, to 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 make a survey called Collective Expertise. Uh, no, it was in in 26th. Um, the report was delivered uh, in 2010. So they asked my institution to 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 gather experts uh, to work on harm reduction failures and successes. And um, these experts worked during two years and I, I was a part of the team. Uh, we were 10 experts, if I remember well, uh, social scientists, public health experts, and also clinicians. And we uh, did a, a literature review uh, on different harm reduction measures, uh, what works, what didn't, what doesn't work, 
and we make recommendations for the French government uh, to improve harm reduction in France. We needed to improve harm reduction in France because at this period of time, the level of HCV was, was very high. It, it, it was uh, more than 70% of people who inject drugs who were contaminated by HCV. So that's why the French government wants to improve uh, its policy. And uh, the recommendation of this collective expertise was to experiment drug consumption room, but uh, to, to have an experiment um, accompanied by um, a scientific evaluation. And at, when we delivered uh, the, the report, the French government uh, decided not to follow um, our recommendation. And uh, the French Ministry of Health was in favor, but the Prime Minister was not in favor, and he, he won. Um, and after that, we have new election, and um, the new president uh, put in his program before being elected that he will experiment consumption. So when we have this new government, they decided to uh, make the experiment, and the French government asked my institution in CERM uh, to make this evaluation, and they say that uh, if the evaluation has good res has positive results, they will they will um, they decided to implement two drug consumption rooms to evaluate them, and they say that after the evaluation, they will disseminate uh, a drug consumption room all around the country, and at the opposite. Uh, they also say that if the result uh, will be bad, uh, they will notice. They will stop the experimentation. So, with um, uh, some colleagues uh, from INSERM and from hospital units, we, uh, including Laurence uh, Lalan, my colleague who will do the the other podcast, um, we we did an evaluation. Um, with uh, three different surveys. The first one was a cosinus survey, and I, I, I will uh, give you more specifications about the cosinus survey. Um, and we also have a sociological surveys that I did with my team uh, in Paris. And the sociological survey was focused on social acceptance among residents, social acceptance in the general population, analysis of the controversy, and also expectation from people who inject drugs towards drug consumption rooms. And there was a, a third survey um, on cost effectiveness. So that, that was an economical part, but that arrived um, uh, after uh, in, in the process. So to focus now on uh, what we published uh, in Addiction Journal. So in Addiction Journal, we published a part of the Cosinus survey. So uh, the pre primary aim of the study published in Addiction Journal was uh, to evaluate the impact of drug consumption rooms in France on injecting equipment sharing. And the secondary aims of uh, the study published in Addiction Journal was also to focus on the impact of drug consumption room on access to HCV testing and access to uh, opioid uh, agonist treatment. But more broadly, the Cosinus survey also aimed to um, evaluate the impact of drug consumption room on overdose events on uh, on uh, accessing to emergency units for people who inject drugs 
uh, on reducing uh, abscesses uh, linked to injection and also on public safety on um, reducing uh, delinquency acts and also uh, from people who inject drugs what and drug consumption rooms and also uh, we also evaluate the impact on uh, uh, injecting uh, in public space so there there, there were a lot of uh, objectives and but for addictions for, for the article we published um, for addiction it, it it was more um uh, focused on uh, infectious disease and uh, access to um, opioid agonist uh, treatment and so who were the who were the participants of your study and what was the methodology that that you and your team used so we recruited uh, 665 people who inject drugs uh, in four cities uh, two cities with uh, drug consumption rooms. So uh, I was a principal investigator in Paris. Laurence was uh, Laurence Lalanne was a principal investigator in Strasbourg, and we have also two other colleagues, Perrine Roux in Marseille, uh, and um, uh, Marc Oriacombe in Bordeaux, who were two other investigators who uh, involved people in two cities without uh, drug consumption rooms. So. One of originality of our study compared to other studies that have been done before is uh, the fact that we have a control group and that's something very, very important and an originality for, for the evaluation of drug consumption rooms. So uh, after having chosen uh, the cities, uh, we decided to implement a cohort survey. We recruited uh, people during one year and we followed them three times uh, during an additional year because we only have uh, money from the French government to do the survey for for this period of time. So that was a bit short, um, but we 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 succeed to 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 achieve the, the evaluation. And people have to uh, were asking after they give con people who inject drugs um and uh gave their consent and after that they have a face-to-face -face interview with a trained research assistant and uh regarding the characteristics of uh participants uh they were mainly male 80 percent of the sample the median age for um of the sample was uh 38 and uh half of the people live in very precarious condition and the main substances uh, that they inject were unprescribed morphine sulfate. That was the first product. The second one was cocaine crack, and the third one was was cocaine. What were the findings of your study? What what was uncovered by you and your team? The main findings uh, what uh, the the a, a huge difference uh, according to declared injection equipment sharing. Uh, between people who inject drugs who were exposed to drug consumption room versus people um, who are not uh, exposed. So the, the, the difference was 10%. So we have 1% of people who attend drug consumption rooms who declared having ever shared uh, injecting equipment in the last months before the interviews compared to 11% for people who were not exposed uh, to drug consumption rooms. So that was the main, the, the main result. 
And uh, the second result uh, was that um, we found no impact of drug consumption room on HCB testing and opioid agonist testing. But this absence of impact may be very easily explained in the specific context of, of France because we have a very high availability for these two harm reduction tools. Um, for example, HCB testing uh, was, uh, in other surveys, we, we showed that uh, 96% of people who inject drugs who attend harm reduction facilities have ever uh, had access to HCB testing. And for opioid substitutive treatment, that is around 85%. Uh, we have 85% of people who attend harm reduction facility in France who are under opioid agonist treatment. That's why it was very difficult for these two harm reduction tools to observe uh, an increase even for people who attend drug consumption room who have higher, uh, who may have um, access to, uh, to, to a medical doctor, but in France, as um, harm reduction is public funded and as having access to a gen uh, general practitioner is also free, um, the access to, a to uh, OAT is, is, is very high. And that's, I think that uh, as a scientist, uh, that's very important uh, not to highlight uh, um, positive uh, impact uh, of our surveys. That's also very import important to highlight when we don't find uh, a positive effect of um, um, of an intervention that we evaluate. I think that the both are important. And when you have uh, no impact, for example, that's very important also to understand why there is no impact. But I, I think that it, it, it's our duty also to, um, to show all the results uh, of a study uh, we implement. And not only the brilliant results that everybody is expecting uh, for. So why are these findings important? Do you think that the results of this study have any direct implications for policymakers in France? Yes, yes, that's a very important case, question. Yes, of, of, of course, these findings are important, but uh, the findings of other teams are also important in, the, in this area. Uh, but I think that uh, it, it, it was important to... Um, to evaluate drug consumption room and to 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 highlight uh, some positive impact because uh, they support the efficiency of drug consumption rooms based on a strong uh, methodology and uh, it's very important at a time uh, in my country uh, where no additional drug consumption room has been implemented since 2016 despite the positive result of our evaluation on public safety and on public health to continue to publish uh, results uh, from this survey. So we have now harm reduction professionals, people who use drugs, and also some residents collectives and some politicians who claims for having more drug consumption rooms in France, but they are not heard. And I think that uh, the science um, may also help uh, to have more 
um, evidence-based uh, policies. That's, that's something very important. The process to implement drug consumption room in France is uh, very complicated now uh, because we have a law uh, that implies to have agreements from a lot of stakeholders at different levels at the national level, at the local levels, and we need to have agreement from stakeholders from the health area, but also from criminal justice police area. And the problem is that uh, some politicians are very sensitized, uh, sensitive to local residents' movement, who are very vocal in their opposition to drug consumption room because the media uh, highlight uh, more the opponents compared to people who are in favor of drug consumption. And, and, and that's why uh, their results are important. If we want to have uh, drug policies uh, based on evidence and instead of having drug policies based on ideology and based on em em emotion. At the beginning of the podcast, you spoke about the international evidence from Vancouver, Canada, from Australia, from Switzerland, from other parts of the world. What are the implications of this research um, within the international context for organizations and policymakers and governments in other settings that are looking to maybe implement or make decisions around drug consumption rooms? Can this, can this study help them? Uh, I hope so. Uh, and I began to see the result because uh, I, I have been very often invited by uh, in several other countries uh, to present the results and especially to present the result uh, in politi uh, to politicians and uh, to different stakeholders. So I, I, I think that our survey is, is, is very important. Uh, and um, because and especially uh, in um, um, in specific countries and specific contexts such as United States or United Kingdom, because you have very high overdose death levels uh, in, in, in these countries and people are dying. And uh, this is a public health em emergency, as we had uh, with the AIDS epidemics uh, in the 90s. And uh, our results uh, about drug consumption room are very important at a time when harm reduction is contested in different geographical areas by different stakeholders and especially by politicians. We need to have these policies that are more evidence-based. And, and, uh, and, and that's why I think that uh, research is also very important to, 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 to inform policies. So here in the UK, we're also going through um, a drug-related crisis. Overdose deaths are, um, are ste have steadily been on the rise since since the the, the early two thousands. And in, in parts of Scotland, people who use drugs are thirteen times more likely to suffer a fatal overdose than the European average. We often hear opponents of harm reduction, opponents of drug policy reform, say that drug consumption rooms enable drug use and they facilitate drug use with no other outcomes what would what would you say in response to to that unfortunately we have the same narrative in france and uh even if we have not fortunately to face uh, the same level of overdose and uh, what i can say to these people 
I, I can say that uh, the scientific literature never showed that in countries where drug consumption rooms have been implemented, we have an increase uh, in drug use as a consequence. Never. So there is no evidence uh, for this narrative. These ideas uh, are based on fears and on ideological uh, imaginaries that are socially constructed by prohibitionist discourses. And personally, I prefer discourse based on facts demonstrated by science. But I think, nevertheless, that um, these discourses uh, um, about drug consumption room, enabling a drug use, and about a preference to abstinence for abstinence um, uh, treatment compared to drug consumption rooms um, is a discourse that we also need to pay attention to. And finally, what is what is next for for this research for the um, for the Cosinus cohort study and for everything going on in the field of drug consumption and research in France? Are there plans to continue investigating different components? So the Cosinus Research uh, Consortium has stopped um, uh, because uh, the financial support uh, from the government has stopped. And uh, with my colleague uh, Laurence Lalanne and with two other researchers, Pierre-Éric Lutz uh, and uh, Benjamin Laurent, we obtained new fundings, uh, not from the government, uh, but from a public health research agency in France, to continue to evaluate uh, the drug consumption room, we obtain a grant. And uh, this new cohort is called BIBOP, and uh, it will be implemented very soon in three cities, Paris and Strasbourg, um, with drug consumption rooms, and Lyon, uh, a city without uh, any drug consumption room. And in this um, new cohort, uh, we will have uh, new objectives. Uh, and. These new objectives are very important for me because they emerge from a community-based approach. Before, in, in 2021, uh, just after we finished our first cohort, the Cosinus cohort, um, we, Laurence and I, uh, we did several meetings with professionals who work in, in drug consumption rooms to discuss with them the needs they have regarding um, evaluation of drug consumption room. And additionally, um, I, 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 I did, uh, uh, at the same time, uh, I, I, I did a sociological survey with um, people using uh, cocaine crack uh, about their expectations. And from the discussion we have uh, with professionals and the discussion with, we have with people with, with lived experience, uh, it was highlighted that um, one of the limitations of drug consumption room efficiency were uh, two aspects, mental health issues and the lack of social support. And that's why, uh, based on this discussion, we decided um, with uh, Laurence and uh, my two other colleagues, Benjamin uh, and Pierre-Éric, uh, to implement this new cohort based on this new indicator. So I don't want to say that the infectious disease indicators or the overdose prevention indicators are not important. They are important and we will continue to follow them. But I think that it's also important to go beyond 
a biomedicalized perspective of what harm reduction or what drug consumption are. And that's why um, uh, working on social inclusion uh, is also something very important because uh, it is related to citizenship, to um, how we consider people who use drugs as citizens, how they have a, a place in our society. And uh, that's, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that we will um, be able to, 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 to work on these uh, two new objectives. It's amazing to hear the amount of work and research that's going on in France and how robust and how rigorous um, all these evaluations are. Um, so this has been a really fascinating podcast. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you to you. And my work is also inspired by uh, the work of uh, several people, including you and others. And uh, this part is also uh, possible because uh, I have a fantastic team I, I work with. Thank you to you for this podcast. No, th thank you so much. And for those listening, if you want to um, check out this new this new paper published in the Addiction Journal, um, you can go online um, and, and see that for yourselves. And we will be back with part two um, with co-investigator on this study, Professor Laurence Lalanne, who is a psychiatrist at the um, University Hospitals of Strasbourg. So Marie, thank you again. And hopefully we'll see you all there at part two. Goodbye.